you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you.
This is McKeel Haggerty, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So get out there and keep driving all those cool cars. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Here, tune in to the stuff, the cars. And I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and give uh, 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 <laughs> What happened? We have a time. Uh, we doing okay there, Tommy? Somebody you else? changed mics on me. Did I change mics? Oh, okay. You want me to start all over again? Okay. Welcome, listeners. You're tuned to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google. Tantalk1340.com. And you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, go check out our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Actually, if you Google Nostalgic Radio and Cars, it'll actually come up, too, because we have a one-page page on the Internet someplace. Anyway, we've got a pretty good show for you tonight. We have an exciting guest coming on again, and uh, or I should say an informative guest. Okay, you know, this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars, so it's the show about fascinating and legendary people in the motorsports world. Um, motorcycles also, and uh, boats occasionally, like we had the boat races a couple weeks ago, and of course music. So we got a couple musicians lined up for you around Christmas time, so that should be good because everybody listens to music, and Christmas is a good time to do that. So... Uh, if you tuned into the beginning of the show, you cut that clip. That was from uh, The Drive. And uh, so that was a little clip I played, which I thought was kind of cool. And it was actually the uh, opening scene in that movie. And uh, i got to watch that again. That was pretty cool. i got another one coming up for you a little bit later. Since we're always talking about cars, you know, it's kind of hard to not find car clips that we play from time to time. And, uh, okay, so, uh, you know, I think what we'll do is we'll go to the flacarshowminute.com. And, uh, like, uh, that's where you want to check out uh, that website, flacarshows.com. You want to find out where all the car shows are in the state of Florida. So whether you're in, let's see, i got a map over here. So whether you're in uh, western Florida, whether you're in eastern Florida, whether you're in northern Florida, southern Florida, even all the way down in the Keys or all the way over to Pensacola, um, go to flacarshows.com and you can find out where all the stuff's going on. But we don't always cover just the shows in Florida. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we cover some of the stuff outside of the state. Of course, this weekend is the Chattanooga Motocar Festival, and we had a gentleman on last week for that, Jim Pace, a race car driver. And last weekend, that's coming up this weekend, starting tomorrow, actually. And this past weekend was a really cool show. Uh, it was a Newport up in Newport, Rhode Island, and we're going to have a guest on in a little bit here talking a little bit about their, their event that they had. And that was the first year for that one. And you hear me talking about the four major events that I go to every year. And they are Scottsdale in January, Amelia Island in March, Monterey in August, and SEMA coming up here in November. Those are the four major ones that I generally try to get to. So, and that's generally kind of where, you know, it's, it's almost become kind of like a family affair. You know, we see the same people over and over and over, but it's just kind of, but you meet new and interesting people. And uh, But now there's been a number of major events that have been taking place here around the country. And the concourse and especially car events or gatherings um, have gotten pretty good. And, of course, the um, 
location is important. And what's really cool is like, you know, I like to travel from time to time and I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, some of these locations are extremely, really cool, you know. I mean, I love Amelia Island. You know, that's obviously in our own backyard. And obviously, because I'm from California, I definitely like Monterey. And I'm from the Bay Area. So, But I would certainly like to go to Newport, Rhode Island one time. I've actually been to New England before, and I've actually been to Newport, uh, Rhode Island. And, uh, and matter of fact, we did the whole uh, New England tour. In fact, I've been to Lime Rock a bunch of times. And uh, as far north as Maine, and I didn't, but my wife did. She enjoyed some Maine lobster. Poor little guy, pick your little lobster out, drop him in a little hot uh, boiling pot of water, and you know about eight or nine minutes later, you're feasting on him. And yeah, I don't know about that, but at any rate, I, I I'm not a seafood guy. I like uh, meat and potatoes and steaks and chickens. And speaking of which, uh, this past weekend we uh, I want a big shout out to my friends up there at the Dunedin Brewery. All right, Mike Bryant, he's the owner operator, founder of the Dunedin Brewery, the oldest brewery in. Uh, craft brewery in Dunedin. I'm sure uh, Kenny talks about that from time to time. Uh, shout out to Randy Eldridge. I just met him. Pretty cool dudes. Got some cars. Former musician. Well, currently musicians in the drums. And uh, pretty neat guy. He was there. IG was hanging out with us. You've seen IG on my show before. And Captain Dave. Captain Dave rolled in with uh, a 1964 Healy. Austin Healy, I think he had. 63 or 64. So there was a couple of cars there. It was my car, my little uh, Miss Moneypenny, the MGB GT. Uh, Mike had his uh, Lotus Caterham. Caterham. And then uh, and Captain Dave brought his beautiful British Racing Green, nicely restored Austin Healey 3000 MK2 Mark II. So that would be, yeah, that'd be 62, 63, something like that. Beautiful car. So that was kind of cool. And uh, But food was good. Music was excellent. So if you're uh, out and about, don't forget to check out Dunedin Brewery. We're going to be playing a little commercial in, in a little bit. This, uh, this is the time of the season. We've got lots of car shows. The Lake Mirror Classic is coming up. Cigar City's car show concourse is coming up. That's next month. Bug Jam is next month. SEMA, obviously, is next month. Lake Mirror is this month. Um, something else going on this end of this month, and I can't remember which one that is. Uh, Hilton Head's coming up. So it's just a lot of really cool stuff. Also, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, a new group of guys that I met up in Floral City last week. They meet every Wednesday morning at 6.30 in this little cafe up there called Johnny Cakes. And uh, there's about 20 guys, and their club's called The Geezers. No lie. G-E-E-Z-E-R-S. Geezers. And uh, so I had an opportunity to go check out some of their cars. They had some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Cross-section from nice stuff to, you know, rat rod stuff. Um, older guys, been around for a while. Kind of, you know, got some cool stories to tell. But the one car that probably impressed me the both was this 53 Studebaker that had a Hemi in it, and not just a 354 or, or one of those, you know, 332 or 330, whatever, the, the smaller Hemis that they had in DeSoto's and stuff, early 50s. No, this had a 1957-58 uh, Chrysler 392 Hemi in it, and it idled like a kitten. I mean, it was really, really cool. I mean, his car's just so unassuming, unpretentious. It's just sitting there, stock wheels and tires kind of looking, and you pop the hood, and there's this Hemi sitting in there with an alternator, by the way. Uh, so it's definitely converted to a 12-volt. And uh, no generator on it. Well, of course, they would have been 12 volts anyway back in the day. But pretty cool piece. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, oh, yeah. And if you decide to do one of the Porsche travel tours, uh, don't forget to check out my good friends over there at Fastlane Travel in Oldsmar. Um, they got some pretty cool European tours going on, some driving events. And uh, that's one way to really enjoy Germany and Austria and Switzerland and Italy and France and uh, maybe even Holland. Or Belgium, Austria for sure, driving through the Austrian Alps, is to sign up for fast lane travel and uh, rent yourself a Porsche, take your uh, 
sweetest of sweeties with you and have a great time. So, on that note, I think what we're going to do is we're going to fire up that stereo system that we have here, and uh, we're going to play a little music here, and let's see if we can get the uh, Facebook people all upset with us. And by the way, we're Facebook Live and we're YouTube Live, so hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Radio and Cars, and uh, let's take a little walk on the wild side. Holly came from Miami, FLA, hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way Shaved her legs and then he was a she She says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side Said, hey honey, take a walk on the wild side Candy came from out on the island Room, she was everybody's darling But she never lost her head Even when she was given head She says, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side Said, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side And the colored girls go Do 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 Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and boy, I like that sound effect. Um, believe it or not, most of the sound effects that you'll hear on our radio show is uh, done by me personally. Uh, when I say that done by me, actually, I recorded them. So, you know, we go to the races. Oh, yeah, that's right. The uh, Check out my friend's HSR. The HSR Classic is coming up. Man, there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's so much stuff going on. If you're a car guy that uh, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff. So you have to kind of like pick and choose. So, you know, and I love going to races, especially vintage races, because the thing about vintage races is you're actually, it's kind of like going back in time where you're uh, you're there and they got the vintage cars and many of the, the, the drivers of the day are still around. And guess what they do? They hang out and they drive vintage race cars. And the cool thing about it is they're actually driving some of the cars that they actually drove back in the day that they actually won races with or set races, race records with. And that's kind of cool, too. You know, and they're kind of an aghast to kind of uh, interview and talk to and and uh, hang out with. So uh, because they got lots of stories. Brian Redman, who's uh, typically uh, at almost all the events because his son, uh, James, is one of the uh, PR guys involved or co-owners or promoters with uh, HSR, which is Historic Sports Car Racing. And uh, Brian's got some great stories. We need to get him back on because uh, he's a he's a hoot, as they say. 
David Hobbs, you'll see David's there. And um, so, you know, he's there a lot. Vic Alford's another one that shows up there a lot. You know, even back in the day, what's interesting is uh, we used to, I think the very first, um, I'm not sure if it was Ren Sport or one of the, the classic vintage races at Daytona, um, Paul Newman was walking around there. And uh, interesting story is I was walking with a friend of mine, and Paul Newman was walking towards us with somebody else. Now, what I did not know at the time, and I didn't have the radio show then, and I'm guessing this is probably in the 90s or maybe the early 2000s. I'm not sure when it was. And he was an avid racer. Everybody knew that. And he was an avid car guy. In fact, he liked cars and racing and all that stuff more than probably acting. And there's a gentleman by the name of uh, Kevin Jeanette down in uh, Gunner Racing down in Miami or West Palm Beach area. And they were really, really good friends. In fact, Kevin prepared a lot of cars. Kevin's also well known for being one of the most prolific restorer of, of uh, vintage vintage Porsche race cars. So whether you got a 908, a 904, a 917, a, you know, a 910, any one of those cars, um, that's his his big claim to fame. And he's done some pretty cool cars over the years. But him and and, uh, and Paul Newman were friends. But anyway, so I was walking down the pit row, and Newman's walking towards us, and he's got his racing suit on. And uh, I just don't know what made me do it, but I just walked right up to Paul Newman, and I shook hands with him. I said, hey, Paul, um, Mr. Newman, sir, I like your movies. I think you do a great job racing cars. And then I was, like, starstruck for a second, and I, I don't even know. I don't even remember. I went blank. And he just looked at me, and he reached out, and he shook my hand, and he said thanks, and then I carried about his way. And I just thought to myself, and, of course, my friend Don was standing, and he goes, I can't believe you did that. And go ahead, fast forward today. I'm in the radio show business, so who, who knows, you know. Um, but I wish I would have had the show back then. I wish I would have had the opportunity to, to interview him. The first time I actually saw him, I didn't quite meet him, but uh, he was at the St. Pete Grand Prix in 1985 when they had the St. Pete Grand Prix here. And um, that was pretty cool. He was running the Datsun back then. But usually when he was at uh, some of the vintage races, uh, he'd race anything, you know, mostly Porsches and stuff because he was pretty much a Porsche guy. In fact, we had Scott Bose on our show a couple of uh, weeks ago, three, weeks, three, four weeks ago. And Scott used to own a company called Hollywood Wheels. Well, Hollywood Movie Cars, I think is what it was. And... We were talking about one of the movies that Paul Newman was in, which was, um, can't think of the name of it now, Harper, that's what it was. And in that movie, he drove an old ratty-looking 356 Speedster. And unbeknown to Scott, he somehow wound up with that car and uh, had it for a short period of time and then ended up selling it. So that would be kind of a cool piece. I don't know where the car is at now, but obviously we know the serial number and it's accounted for. So if you check out the 356 registry, it's definitely in there. But it's pretty interesting, pretty amazing. You know, um, I was over at Scott's place the other day checking out some of his really cool stuff. And, you know, there's some pretty amazing car collections here. Just like I said, even those guys up there in Floral City, you know, the geezers, they got some pretty interesting stuff in there. There's all kinds of stuff stashed around the whole state of Florida. And I, I always sit there and go, eh, there ain't much here, but there really is. You know, it's just that car collectors are kind of private guys. And, you know, if they got one or two, you might see it. But if they got 10 or 20, you'll never know it unless your buddy buddies with them. And you get a personal invitation to their private collection. In fact, we were talking to, we had, if you listen to the beginning of the show, we had Mikhail Haggerty on uh, as our uh, liner for this uh, for the show this evening. One of them, at any rate. And uh, I was talking to one of the guys with McKeel Haverty from McKeel, and outside of the Revs Institute, and we're going to have somebody on from there, which is a really cool museum down in South Florida, Naples, um, which was at one point called the Collier Museum, which really, when you stop and think about it, there's so many amazing museums, even this one that I just uh, stumbled on here, the Audrian uh, Museum up in, uh, Automobile Museum up in Newport, Rhode Island. I didn't know that existed either. Uh, I'm familiar with the Simeon, and we're going to have somebody on from the Simeon. As a matter of fact, we might get lucky and get Fred Simeon himself. But at any rate, there's some amazing museums around here, but the Revs Institute down there, or Collier, formerly the Collier Museum, got some pretty amazing cars down there. But we're talking about 
the highest concentration of valuable and collectible cars in the state of Florida, believe it or not, are on the West Coast. So they're actually Sarasota, Naples, Fort Myers. There's a, you know, you would think it would be West Coast or East Coast. It would be Palm Beach or someplace like that. Apparently it's the, uh, the West Coast. So, and I know there's a ton, a ton of cars in uh, Sarasota. In fact, over the weekend, I one of the cars that I'm appraising right now, and keep in mind, if you need appraisals, you know who to call. Me. Go to Gulfstream Motorsports. Appraisals, diminished values, and total losses. There's a shameless plug for myself. But at any rate, uh, is a really nice 356 Cabriolet, a white one. Um, I probably should post pictures of this stuff, but I don't, but I should. And just have a little section on my website that says, hey, recently appraised or whatever. And uh, no different than when I was down on the East Coast, and I did uh, some very rare Ferraris, and uh, including a McLaren Senna. So that was interesting. And those cars have just jumped in value. But at any rate, I think what we're going to do is we're going to fire up the stereo. We're going to get ready to have our guests come on because I've uh, rambled and babbled enough here, which I'm pretty good at. And uh, so stick around. Now, the gentleman's coming on likes rap. And, of course, we don't play much rap. But if we had to do rap, um, you know, we played Lou Reed's song, Wild Side. That's kind of rappish a little bit. Bob Dylan did a rappy style song. But by most people and by most accounts, Blondie's song, Rapture, is considered the first rap song. So, hey, you're listening to Little Blondie, and you're also tuning into Nostalgic Hitting Cars. Don't touch that dial. And uh, we will be right back. Doc, why would I believe phones over here hear the goddamn word you said? He ain't even listening. 
Baby. The target is an armored truck at Perimeter Trust in Dunwoody, 10 a.m. sharp. The switch car is ready, but you want me to hit the long state parking structure and get a high vehicle that stays colder longer? It needs to be ready for an 8.30 start. Questions? You've been my driver for every job since we met. You are the best in the business. behind the wheel again. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Hey, hey baby. Why is he listening to music all the time? He had an accident when he was a kid. He's got mental problems? I'm the one who got the mental problems in the crew. Position take. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y Baby. <laughs> in this business. The moment you catch feelings. The moment you catch a bullet. You are my lucky charm, and I'm not doing this job without you. Your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I have to drop again. It's not what I want. And what do you want? To get out of here. You win. I'm in, baby. Descended upon by this entire city. Have you been talking about us? Supposed to squirrel on the road, not the cops. We're getting out. I have to end this. What's happening, baby? That's some Oscar shit right there. I'm sorry, ma'am. What the f Hi, everyone. Justin Bell here. Race car driver turned TV and web host. And as we say, it's green, green, green. And right now, we're on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, yes, we are on Nostalgia Getting Cars, and we're back. Hey, it's time to introduce my next guest for the evening, or my special guest for the evening. He's the Curatorial and Operations Coordinator at the Audrian Automobile Museum in Newport, Rhode Island. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Ben Chester. Ben, how you doing, buddy? Rob, good evening. Thanks for having me, sir. Sure, sure. I uh, Occasionally, I stumble over my words, so that's why I do the little, you know, because that's, uh, you know, kind of like, Rob, I, th I thought you were a professional, Rob. Come on. I am. I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, tell us about yourself a little bit and uh, lead up to uh, this exciting past weekend you had up there in Newport, Rhode Island. So, Rob, we're up here in Rhode Island. Uh, we've been planning this event for about two years. I actually started volunteering at the museum about three years ago, on and off. Um, you know, kept my foot in the door and ended up in a, in a good position to help put this event together. So... We've got a team of guys who really like to think big and, and don't settle for anything less than that, you could say. And they wanted to put together a bit of a motor week, excuse me, up here in the Northeast. So, you know, you were talking earlier about Monterey and, and Amelia, and those are events we participate in ourselves with some of our collection cars. But, you know, there's nothing like that up here in the Northeast. You got the Greenwich Concours, you know, which is great. You got a number of other great shows, but there's no extended week long event. Uh, that you can participate in with with wine tastings and all kinds of other stuff. So these guys started thinking about two years ago, like, hey, what if we brought this to New England? And 
Our museum is located in Newport, right on Bellevue Avenue by the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So, you know, the backdrop seems fitting. We announced it officially in November uh, and started recruiting sponsors shortly after. And uh, we, we worked really hard over the last year, two years even, uh, just setting the groundwork for this that, frankly, it, 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 it doesn't even feel like it actually happened. It, it, was, such a, it was such a surreal event. Uh, it was really crazy, but, you know, food and wine tasting, cigar rolling events. We had VIP dinners for the entrance and the judges. We had, you know, what's called the quail in, in Monterey. We had what's called the gathering at Rough Point, which is the former home of Doris Duke, the world's richest woman. We had a tour d'elegance with a photo shoot on our Newport Bridge to celebrate the 50th anniversary. We had a John Legend concert. And obviously the uh, culmination of the weekend was the Concord Elegance on Sunday at the Breakers, which was uh, former home of the Vanderbilt. Now, you're originally from Rhode Island, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. So you're kind of a native of that uh, area there, right? I guess that's the word, yep. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, you yeah, you're right. You turned me talking about Monterey, but... The thing that impressed me with when I was looking at the website and I was looking at the pictures and I was looking at some of the videos and uh, was the real estate. Now, granted, I've been there, so I know the area, and I've toured the Vanderbilt Mansion and some of the other and the and the Tennis Hall of Fame there. I didn't know the, the museum. This is back probably, geez, it's probably been fifteen twenty years ago since I've been there, but mm-hmm. I don't think the museum was there back then. And um, but real, the the real estate is spectacular. I mean, I couldn't yep. think of a more fitting rival for Pebble Beach than Newport, Rhode Island. Really, anywhere on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not trying to be rivals with everyone. You know, we want to bring all car enthusiasts mm-hmm. together from, you know, all walks of life. But it, it, it's really crazy because the, the, all, all the settings here and the different mansions here in Newport were surreal when they were built. So a lot of these were built in the, you know, 18th, 19th century you know, even into the 20th century, and back then, you dropped your jaw and you couldn't believe it. That's still the case today, so we're really, really proud to have a good relationship with the Preservation Society of Newport. You know, we have cars and coffee events throughout the summer on their lawns, but to be able to work together with them and use new, a number of their different mansions here in town, you know, from Mark displays, uh, from Bugatti, McLaren, Porsche, etc., you know, and obviously the Concord on Sunday was just a blessing, and we're you know so glad to work with them so closely. I was watching a video there, and I guess it's um, uh, Rick Shad is or Shad Shad Shad. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Okay, and uh, he was flying around in a helicopter, actually with Justin Bell, and they were talking yep. about the you know they were looking at the whole venue uh, from an from an aerial um, perspective. And there was at one point, there's a point that they were talking about. I'm not sure where it is. And you can see like a little roadway where he said that the Tour de Elegance basically drove out there, turned around, made a U-turn, and came back. What does that road look like? From the aerial, I couldn't tell whether that was a dirt road, a paved road, or what was that? Well, the Tour de Elegance was really cool because we started on the Newport Bridge Mm -hmm. and shut down traffic uh, to be able to stage a photo shoot with drones and helicopters above. Uh, We continued on to Fort Adams, which is America's oldest uh, colonial fort here in town. Stopped there where Cars and Coffee was taking place. Actually, had 700 cars at Cars and Coffee. Wow. And then, they, yeah, they continued on along Ocean Drive, along the mansions, you know, past our chairman, Jay Leno's house. And, yeah, they went out to Satchus Point, which is, uh, it's all a paved road. Okay. What's it called, Satchus Point? Yeah, Satchus Point Nature Preserve. Yep, and that's okay. out in Middletown. Okay. It was a 24-mile tour and all. 
Okay, excellent. Now, how many cars did you have participate? How many? How many well, actually concourse quality cars? Well, we had a hundred concourse cars, and Donald Osborne was our concourse chairman. So, okay. you know, he's very close with a lot of these owners. And when, when a lot of these guys understood that, you know, Jay was heavily involved, and Donald was putting together the logistics of the concourse. You know, it was a no-brainer for these entrants, but it, it was tough to sell the public on it because, you know, we had no assets or content from from prior years. You know, we were photoshopping stuff and, you know, staging photo shoots to try to paint a picture in people's minds. But the entrants, you know, and judges too, you know, Ed Welburn, you know, from GM, Michael Simcoe as well. Uh, Sandra Button was a judge. Really? Uh, of course, from Pebble Beach. And Jay Ward from Pixar was a judge. So, you know, these guys got the message early and they could understand the, the you know, the picture pretty clear. Excellent, excellent. That's a that's an amazing cast of characters you have, and I threw that in there because you mentioned Pixar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even catch that. So, so I'm glad you uh, glad you reeled me in there. <laughs> okay, no, and uh, so that was really that's pretty impressive. And then, of course, you mentioned Jay Leno. He he actually owns a uh, really nice estate out there that he what acquired about four or five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Or was he at it longer? Yeah, yeah, he's been in town for a few years. Uh, Maybe for a few weeks a year, but you know he stops in all the, you know whenever he's home. Mm-hmm. Well, you know he's a native of Massachusetts, so Rhode Island's the next door, so that's kind of only stands to reason. And and again, I, I got to tell you that you know that that the scenery, this I mean, I couldn't think of a really you know, and it, and and that event is just a, a first class venue. Now you said you had a cars and coffee, and you had five six hundred cars or seven hundred cars show up for that. Yeah, we had. 700 cars at Cars and Coffee at Fort Adams. Uh, you know, we also held a pedal car race there, sponsored by our friends at Haggerty. Uh-huh. It was put together really well. We had kids racing around the inside of the fort, which is really neat. But, yeah, we had about 700 cars at Cars and Coffee. We also parked 100 of our Tour d'Elegance cars that are at their stop. So those guys were, you know, welcome to stop in and uh, get coffee and pastries, whatever, from La Forge, our neighbor restaurant. And, uh spent 45 minutes there before and then they continued the tour for another hour super now what are some of the most unique cars that showed up there i mean i would imagine and and i'm going to use the arizona concourse as an example and they that ran for about three four years and i used to go to that and i remember talking to um kevin who was uh one of the founders of of that particular event and he says you know robert we have so many cars here in scottsdale we have enough cars to if we had to pick from our pool of cars just in the Scottsdale area, we got enough to have a concourse for the next five years and always come up with different cars. Now I have to imagine that New England, particularly Rhode Island area, okay, there's a lot of old money in Connecticut, Massachusetts, yep. and Rhode Island, that there's gotta be some amazing and I mean really truly amazing mm. cars that are stashed in yeah. uh, in in New England. So tell us about some of those cars and uh, whether I'm on key or not. Well we we got a number of crazy, crazy cars. I mean, I'll start with the best of show car, which was well-deserved. Uh, 1927 Isada Fraschini Tipo 8AS by Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a basically a 100-point car. Uh, what's crazy is that car was called up for the most elegant award uh, and, you know, was given the award. And Donald and Jay kind of paused the show and, and built the drama and then essentially gave it the best of show award while it was still on stage. So people were pretty shocked, and the owners were too. Uh, it was a really great end to the show. But, you know, we had a mirror in the show uh, from Doug Cohen, who lives here in Newport. You know, he's a big supporter and a member of the museum, so it was great to see him out uh, with that. He also entered his uh, uh, 350 GT, uh, which was really neat to see. But, you know, I, re- I think what's crazy is the star, the star class of this show while there were Bugatti touring cars, race cars, 
uh, sporting cars from around the world. Uh, we had a 30 under 30 class, which was the brainchild of Jay Leno. Uh, it, this was a class with kids uh, under the age of 30 with less than $30,000 in their cars. So, uh, you know, we had a Nissan GTR from my friend, friend Pat Bretty, uh, you know, Mercedes-Benz 300D. And uh, the class winner was uh, Carter Kramer, uh, who actually has the most watched video on Petrolicious. So uh, that was a big success. And, you know, we're trying to get young, younger folks into the hobby like myself. Uh, you know, Rob, I was talking to you earlier, and a lot of the uh, car scene today for kids, you know, revolves around a parking lot. So there's so much more to it, and we want to get kids, you know, involved in all other aspects of the hobby. Well, now, speaking of which, how about you? What do you have in your stable? So uh, I have a BMW 135i, um, the single turbo inline six, uh, pretty tuned up. I've, like I mentioned, I went to Arizona State. Uh, I've driven that car across the country six times uh, with my dad, who I think is still listening to the show, unless he's asleep by now. <laughs> but uh, we're uh, that's a great car, um, and obviously up in New England, it's, it's you got winter, so my uh, winter daily is a VW Passat wagon uh, with all-wheel drive. Okay. Well, I thought maybe you'd be driving one of those uh, WRX Subarus like they did in that uh, movie clip that I played there, uh, Baby <laughs> Driver. Oh, the, was that Baby Driver? That was, was Baby Driver. That was? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, figured, I had to try to find something that would be relevant to your age group and the millennials. Now, my, you're probably, I'm guessing, what, 24, you said? I'm 24, Saturday. Okay. Well, happy birthday to you. And, um, hey, appreciate it. My son's 22. He's a, a student at UCF. Almost went to ASU, like I mentioned to you earlier. And yep. so you younger guys, I mean, like my son's always been in the cars because I was in the cars. So naturally, he kind of grew up being around him and started driving three-pedal cars, which is stick shift cars, back when he was like uh, eight years yep. old. And uh, so my guess is your car, your BMW's a stick as well? It is, yep. Good man, good man. Now, was your dad in the cars? Yeah, my dad is in the cars. His first car uh, was a 71 uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass that he got when he was, what, 22? Uh-huh. Uh, something like that, and he still has it today. So, you know, it's kind of like my older brother, so to speak. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's excellent. That's kind of what got me into it. But, you know, he had an E30 growing up. I don't remember too well, but he had a 325 IS the first year that it was kind of brought to the States. And when he drove my BMW, he basically said, this feels like an E30, which... You know, it's what BMW goes out to do. They make driver's cars, and, uh, uh -huh. you know, there's a way they behave that, you know, is really cool. But, uh, you know, with kids these days, it's crazy because, you know, I, I went to Amelia this year, and that's a great show. Uh, I met a bunch of people down there who said, you know, it's so good to see you guys down here. It's so good to see kids involved. And I'm, like, shaking my head because it's a no-brainer. I mean, I'm getting paid for this, so it's like, <laughs> not like I have whether I want to go or not. Like, my boss is throwing me on the plane. But, you know, the... Uh, the folks who love these cars, the Isadas, the Bugattis, whatever it is, those folks aren't going to live for 100 more years. So either the cars are going to go sit in a warehouse or someone like me has got to take care of them. Well, now, that's an interesting point. And since you're into it and since you're the uh, curatorial person and uh, with, uh, with a museum, share with us your perspective as a 24-year-old when you're exposed to these vintage Pre-war cars, these 30 cars, the Isota Fertitis, the Duesenbergs, the, the one-off uh, um, Delahays, Delages, or Bugattis. Um, tell us what, what do you feel, what do you experience? I'm curious what your age group, uh, how they perceive this. You know, I don't know. 
I couldn't tell you generally what my age group thinks of this stuff. You know, some kids are definitely interested. A lot of kids, a lot of folks don't understand how important it was or understand the, you know, timing and the, the, the point in time in which these cars existed. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like a Delahaye in 1935 is the same as a Bugatti today because no one, like people had cars in the 30s, but it wasn't like, it was. It wasn't like you were out to get the best car. You kind of, in the '30s at least, if you had a car, you had some money, and and used it as a tool, uh, or maybe you had more money and just used it for show. But you know, it's it's a really a point of the times and a testament to the people who drove them and and made them. They were all handmade. It's not like they were, you know, put together by machines. So I mean, for me, it's almost surreal and numb to, to, to see this stuff and deal with them every day because I I don't fully understand, you know the time i don't i wasn't born in the 30s so you know to see them and deal with them is just you know super cool and to educate people about where we've come from and and the timelines that you know that's gotten us to today is is really what's most interesting for me because it's a direct lineage of what we're driving today compared to the 30s well here's the interesting thing that and 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 just my perspective or just a perspective or a quick observation is you're talking about newport rhode island which was basically, and you, and you look at the people that were up there, the Vanderbilts, the uh, yep. uh, Carnegies, and people like that that were up there. So you had, that was the kind of like the playground for the very, very super rich back in the day. Well, the cars that we're talking about, the pre-war cars, the Duesenbergs, the one-off-bodied cars, the Isotos, the Delahays, the Delages, uh, could be a V16 Cadillac, uh, Bugattis, or Bugattis, things like that. Those cars were relevant to that to that era and to those cars. I mean, the turn of the century was, which they call it, um, well, it was the industrial age, but it was also, um, there's another name for it, and I can't think of it, it escapes me right now. But that, to me, is kind of like a, what makes that setting so unique, is the fact that you've got just opulence in terms of the the real estate that there, which is very historic in itself, okay? And uh, and we can go on and on and on, because I think there was a, uh, um, uh, uh, a number of museums. There's one museum they were talking about with, uh, was it, um, um, not literature, but it was um, um, drawings. No, no, it was uh, illustrations. There's an illustration museum there or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Illustration so, Museum here in Newport, and uh, McLaren was actually there for the week displaying cars. Okay, so that's why I think that this is really kind of, to me, it's it's very unique. I mean, Pebble Beach and Monterey is very unique, and, and again, that was old money in Pebble Beach and the Lodge, and the racing is really what kind of was the big draw there. Even though yep, yep. And so, but people forget that the Vanderbilt Cup started in the turn of the century in 1900, and that's another significant part of automotive history that's relevant to Newport. So do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Willie K. Vanderbilt lived at the Breakers, uh, you know, where our Concord took place. Uh, they spent six weeks, a, six weeks a year there, and, you know, he would just try to stay busy. So he, this, this kid was, you know, at my age, had $100 million 120 <laughs> years ago, which is like having, you know, Bill Gates money today. It's, it's totally ridiculous. So he was importing Renaults and all kinds of other foreign cars and racing them around Newport. But him and his friends essentially organized the first sanctioned oval track races at the Newport horse track and they would have different classes of cars steam cars, electric cars, gas cars, different classes and they'd race throughout the day, you know, in winner take all so they'd have 10,000 people at those races and you know this was a big thing for people to see the newest technology and understand you know what was going on you know in the world but you know the races got so big and, and people in Newport uh, didn't really support it too much you know they raced for three or four years 
you know, and then they turned that into the Vanderbilt Cup in Long Island where, you know, they they drew like 300,000 cars for the races. Uh, in the museum right now, Rob, we have Old 16. I'm sure you're familiar with that car. Yes. Yep, so Old 16's in there right now, and we've got a nice uh, little vignette there along with our GM concept car exhibition. But Old 16 is, is, is a sight to behold. Wow. There's a gentleman down here in uh, Florida that has a... I don't want to say it's a recreation, but it's a recreation of a 1904, and ex- escapes my my uh, my I, which one which car it is. But it was actually assembled from leftover parts of the era, and wow. I I should have got a hold of Rick Davis and mentioned it to him because that would have been a really cool car to have on display because people don't realize how big, how massive mm. those cars were back in the day. It was it, it's unbelievable. The, I mean, the old 16 has a 1200 cubic centimeter four-cylinder and 120 horsepower we have a picture of it on the wall it's getting air over a crest like people don't think that that was possible back then you know but 120 horsepower doesn't sound like much to your to your average kid or average joe but uh this is when cars were being made with six horsepower or three horsepower you know this thing at 120 horsepower unbelievable and the pistons look like coffee cans, you know, when they were yeah. huge. Because the displacement was like four, five, six liters or something like that. Yeah, oh, just massive. So what's the uh, – tell us a little bit about the museum real quick. we got about three or four minutes left, so let's talk about the museum. Sure. So the museum was founded uh, three or four years ago. Uh, you know, a number of businessmen and friends, uh, collectors, we're going to open storefronts. And I've heard the story goes that they went out to Vegas and – you know, got a, got a bottle of champagne, and all of a sudden they were buying cars in an auction, and they were shooting shooting the crap, and realized that you know they could start a car museum with the building they had bought. So all of a sudden the idea changed, and in nine months they'd renovated the whole building. You know, my boss David Demuzio is the executive director. Uh, he you know organized the whole renovation of the building, and you know for nine months they had crews working twenty four hours a day to restore this uh, building, which was originally built in nineteen oh three as the Audrain building, um, you know, and they opened in October 14. Uh, this concept car exhibition we have in now, it's called Styling the Future. We've loaned a number of cars from uh, the General Motors Heritage Center and a couple cars from Ken Lingenfelter. Uh, Ken was actually with us at the uh, Concord this weekend, so it was good to see Ken. But, you know, we've got $106 million in General Motors concept cars right now and there. And, uh, Rob, I'm having trouble because we've outdone ourselves and we have a show to put together in a month, and I'm, uh, I'm kind of struggling here. Well, now let me ask you this. So, how are you going to do that? So, basically, you've got the GM collection, the Heritage collection, in there on, on exhibit now. So, you're going to rotate exhibits for what, like a couple months at a time, so people can, and then advertise and promote it, so people can come in and and uh, uh, explore these exhibits. Yeah. So, every three months, we you know rotate our exhibitions. You know, mm-hmm. these these collectors are are very generous gentlemen. So, a lot of our cars are loaned from our collections uh, or locals in the area. So, you know, we drop from collections of about 300, maybe 310 total cars, and we put together different themes, you know. That's kind of my job is to put together the art and the iPad presentations that go with the cars, you know, and, and kind of tell a story, you know. Just if you can put any any sort of theme cars together, you know, you can tell a story about how they work and, you know, operate. Now, tell me about, uh, about yourself here as far as... If you if you could afford or if you could if you, if you could have any one of these vehicles, I know this is kind of a cliche Oof. question. What uh, what era kind of really strikes your fancy? I mean, it's obviously I know you're into the late model BMWs, and I like BMWs yeah. too. And uh, but if you had to go back in time a little bit, you know, and pick an era, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, what uh, what kind of what what strikes you? 
I don't know. I mean, if I really had to go back, like way back, I mean, a, a Bugatti Type 35 is like the thing, you know? Okay. Uh, open seat, really light, too much power for what it is. It really is like having a Bugatti today. It didn't make sense, you know? It was too good for what people needed it for. Um, you know, a mid-30s Type 35 is like the best car of all time, in my opinion. But, you know, if I had anything, it would probably be like a mid-70s Carrera RS or, oh, okay. uh, or uh, you know, a 911, uh, 911-something, I'm sure. You know, it's, <laughs> everybody's got one, but that's just the thing for me, man. No, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so now this is the first annual uh, event that you've had there. So yep. and and the results are in, and everybody had a great time. What do you got planned? I think we got about a minute or two. What do you got planned for next year? Next year, man. Well, it's funny because we're talking to everybody. They say, "Oh, this was so big, this was so great." You know, New Englanders aren't used to this typical type of event. Really? So, you know, Gooding uh, Gooding and Company was one of our founding sponsors this year. Uh, they brought some private treaty cars for sale. Uh, you know, we were actually after the show last night. We were drinking some champagne in our VIP tent and. Uh, you know, Garth Hammer came by from Gooding, and we said, hey, Garth, you know, gave him a couple, you know, punches and said, hey, Garth, we'll see the tent at the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame next year, right? And, he, you know, he raised his eyebrows. He, he didn't want to guarantee anything, but I, I think you might be able to expect a, a, a full-blown auction in, very soon in the future. Well, that would be interesting because they're the house uh, auction at uh, Pebble Beach, so I think it's only fitting that they're at uh, Newport, Rhode Island as well. Yep, yep. We're looking forward to it. And, you know, they're all good pals, and, you know, we're thankful for them and all all the rest of our sponsors. Super. Well, we're just about up against the clock. Why don't you go ahead and give out the uh, social media information and uh, how people can find out about uh, more about the, uh, the event up there. Yeah, definitely. So our Instagram name is Audrain Automobile Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us there or at Audrain Concour, A-U-D-R-A-I-N-C-O-N. C-O-U-R-S. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Uh, find us anywhere or or don't. <laughs> <laughs> they will. We'll keep talking about it. And with a little luck, I'll have it on my uh, schedule to be there next year. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. A lot of people, you know, everybody had great words to say. And I heard someone say it could be the next Villa Veste. Whoa. Now, that would be interesting. Yes. And uh, like uh, Italy. In fact, I think they hold the... Uh, the distinction of being the oldest uh, concourse in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we're far from that, but we're, we're going for it. <laughs> You're going for it. All right, well, Ben, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Reading Cars. I want to thank my special guest this evening, Ben Chester. He's the Curatorial and Operations Coordinator at the Audrain Automobile Museum in Newport, Rhode Island, and the Audrain Concourse. Ben, good luck to you. Thank you very much. And. Rob. uh Thank you so much, Rob. October 1st through 4th next year. It's already on the schedule. Super. Thank you very much. You take care. Hey, in the meantime... All right, Rob. Okay, great. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network, don't forget to tune in, tell your friends for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, music, cars, boats, all that kind of cool stuff. Don't forget, I want to see some of the car shows. See at some of the music festivals. I want to see at Dunedin Brewery, too. So, uh, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.
WTAN Clearwater FM 106.1 WDCF Dade City FM 102.3 WZHR Zephyr Hills FM 104.3 Listen.